Lucy. Michelle. You ready to do this? Yeah, let's get into it. This is the one where Casey might cry because her favorite person is not gonna be on TV every night like I'm used to. And I'm really sad. And Brittany's okay. But he's still gonna give you content, just not on TV, right? I know. Yeah, daddy's gonna give me more content. Yeah. I mean, now that you just said it, do we just go straight into it? No, no, no. We're gonna go into okay. how, we, how we had it set up. We'll, but... su- we'll surprise the listeners into yeah. who you're talking Spoiler about. Spoiler alert. In, ca- in case they don't know. Um, but yeah, before we get into Casey's funeral on this show, well, not her funeral, but like what is a funeral that she's attending and we're all just part of it yeah it's an, that's definitely an emotional an you know. era. I'm with yeah you. we're getting there um i'm more upset about this than most funerals i attend yes yeah um well because you grew up with him but yeah so we'll get to that later teaser teaser but we wanted to update you guys first with uh drake bell because we had um covered this last week um, he has now pled guilty to uh child endangerment he had previously pled not guilty um but this wednesday he agreed to a plea deal saying he's guilty of both charges um and i think he can see up to two years which i mean depending on what we find out really involves child endangerment doesn't seem like enough time but i guess we'll know more um, maybe now that he's pleading, there more information may come out, or I don't. No, know. I think we know. I think we know what the the charges are stemming from. What we know of, and what we know, and I think has been confirmed, and why two years would be the sentence is that nothing. He's fucking lucky that, that he didn't worked. get to be alone with this girl. Yeah, and didn't continue to pursue the situation. Yeah, he would have seen way more than two years because, yeah, the charges would have been not just child endangerment. And now so. he might have to register on a sex, sex offender's offender. list, or that's why he pled guilty. Is yeah, that he wouldn't have to be registered on the sex offender's list. That's probably what it was, um, because yeah, if he was because child um, endangerment is different than sexual offensive. Yeah. yeah, and obviously registered sex offender is no nothing to be a lighthearted that you want to deal with for the rest of your life. Like, didn't he move to Mexico? Like, and didn't he have like no money? Like, I don't know. Whatever. I don't. Oh, I thought he to... moved to Mexico to like yeah to be able to have that little bit of money and make it go a little further. Yeah, I think he's always going to have to endanger money. more women. Um, yeah. children, I should say. Yeah, let's move on because I don't even want to give more time to him, but more just like. That's probably the last we'll ever hear of Drake where Bell. Where there's smoke, there's fire, and Drake Bell is just another example of that. Next topic. <laughs> Back to, uh, you know, speaking of childhood heroes, we never liked Drake, like, we weren't Drake Bell's, like, childhood Stan fans by any means. We were too old. Yeah. But if we're going to go back to that, like, not Disney Channel, but like adjacent to our teens TRL days, the 90s and odds, which apparently yeah. are what they call the 2000s, which I didn't the realize. Odds. Yeah. yeah. I yeah. don't like that name, but okay. Well, only the Brits do it. Yeah, so I just you keep can't really say it, it more and more, and I'm like, oh, okay, I guess that's what we're just referencing instead of the 90s. Well, they're two different decades, homie. No, I know, but like, <laughs> it's just so easy to say the 90s, and then I used to just say and the 2000s, but now I'm like, oh, it's the odds, and I'm like, wait, I say can't... it. How are you spelling it? 
odds as in like odds and evens no a-u-g-h-t-s oh interesting okay odds odds okay like you but that's because it's it's a you know british british terminology that's where i was figuring you were hearing it from your coworkers over across the pond no i feel like i've been hearing it a lot in like more of the they call it the naughties like the 90s are the naughties and then the Um, aughts yeah no it's more when i'm watching now stuff that are summing up the 2000s that's what they're referencing it to yeah anyway i digress yeah, yeah. Um, and I also have no idea about that spelling, but like that's how in my head, if you were to spell it out, it I'm would have Google to. Google it as okay. you report the news. Okay, cool. So we got an update from Mark Hoppus, a childhood crush. I mean, if we want to talk about an obsessive Blink 182 fan, did I spell it right? Yeah, you did. Oh my God, look at me. That's a miracle. Yeah, it um, is. I'm impressed. <laughs> it's because I watched the big fat quiz of the aughts. Because like, of your, your Brit background. Yeah, anyway. Yeah, because I'm too obsessed. <laughs> but yeah, Mark Hoppus. Uh, yeah, so childhood crush. I mean, I was obsessed with Blink-22, first concert. I remember when my friend Julie Hazen got us the tickets over the phone. Thank you, Ticketmaster, on a Saturday at like 10.05 a.m. Because I went on sale at 10 a.m. And we ran it. up and down the street screaming that we were going to go to Blink-182. And it was the greatest night of my life. And I was in eighth grade and somebody asked me if I had marijuana. <laughs> and I didn't know really what it was or like what any of it. And I just, I pretended to pat my pocket and go, oh, I left it in the car. Wow. Way to be like on your feet. I would have been like, um, no, I'm in sad. <laughs> I know. I was like, I don't know what you're saying. I'm 13. So I guess kudos to my mom yeah, I guess for I parenting me well. Yeah. <laughs> that no, I didn't really know what weed was when I was 13. Um, but yeah, so he has uh, let us know that he's undergoing treatment for cancer. And he has, I think that was his first, he posted a picture of his, chemo treatment and he says he has a long road ahead of him we don't have a diagnosis or any other um yeah we don't know what kind or what stage yeah details um but he's still you know he's looking okay like he's looking good he was in good spirits he's i just love him so much i always love mark hoppus's attitude and i just i hope that he he will get through this yeah and i mean i did see that both travis and Tom responded to it and wished him luck. So I was glad to see. Um, Those are his bandmates for anybody who's not right. aware of the three members of Blink-182. My mom, maybe. And I was thinking my uncles, yeah. <laughs> you know, the 10 people that listen. Um, yeah. But yeah, and so obviously we wish him well and we hope that, you know, he, like he said, he's on the road to recovery and it, the recovery hopefully won't be too treacherous. Yeah, but yeah, we have no understanding of the diagnosis and that's his information to share and he's comfortable doing so. But speaking of his bandmates, and this is just a fun little thing, if people aren't aware, Travis Barker, the drummer for Blink-182, who survived a tragic plane crash that killed two of his friends during the crash 10 years ago, has... Yeah. Wasn't one of them DJ AM? He survived. DJ Am survived. And then oh, they both survived it together, but then he overdosed. Right. Yeah. Travis's best friend slash assistant passed away in the fire. Um, And And he hasn't taken a flight since. Yes. And he has vowed not to. And he is now, he announced this week, he didn't really announce it. Like, obviously, he's being stalked by the paparazzi because his girlfriend is Kourtney Kardashian and they're 
PDA everywhere, but I'm also like very into this couple. And, uh, but he said to like, I think like a paparazzi passing by, he said he would be open to. He posted, oh, no. no, he posted on Instagram. Oh, thank you. I, I, I'm open to flying or something like that. Yeah. And so now everyone is like saying it's clearly, you know, Courtney is helping him and showing him that he can do more than what, you know, I guess his trauma has prevented him from doing and they seem to be positive influences on each other they have been like best friends slash neighbors for years so they have that solid foundation which is why I think yeah I agree with you Casey he's certainly one of the better choices she's made over the last I think the only good one right I mean yeah I mean because we also know Travis because he had bizarrely I don't I think I one mean, of Shana, the first reality shows his honestly. ex-wife Shayna Mokler who was a playboy bunny and a baby mama to Oscar de la Hoya and I don't really understand why she got famous but it was that weird time period in the early aughts where yep. they were throwing out E with E and MTV and VH1 we had the Osbournes we had Anna Nicole Smith have the reality shows they got a marriage reality show and it just honestly was 80% of Shayna Mokler staying in bed all the time and Travis doing errands and being her personal assistant and taking care of the kids. And it was just like, Travis, you're amazing. Nobody really knew anything about you because you're just this tattooed, like quiet drummer guy. Yeah, but now, yeah, he's like the silent hero. And so I don't think anybody's ever had a bad word to say about Travis. Yeah, no, I mean, he also obviously after having living that lifestyle um and surviving the plane crash changed his way significantly and definitely became more of like a homebody and focusing on family so I think that is what obviously Courtney needs having had people in her past that were not that way yeah and they'd be a really cute blended family and it's just really exciting that Travis would be like well you know Courtney it's not even like Courtney really likes to jet set around either, but just the fact that well, he's opening his fears and like facing those I things. I wouldn't say she likes to jet set for work, but she there she definitely like they always are going on trips. Yeah. And yeah, the places they want to go to, like Maui or Bali, you can't take on a train. Yeah, I was thinking Hawaii so too. That's Ugh. probably why is like she's trying to get him to go international and he hasn't if he hasn't flown. And he's saying, well, I will maybe for you, but yeah, I also would love to hear her say, I'm not going to ask you to do anything that you don't want to do, but we're never going to get anything from Courtney because no. And also the rumors that, that she's secretly like, you know, getting pregnant or pregnant or so, well, it'll be interesting to see if that actually comes out to fruition. I, that would be another fun, cute ass baby, whatever can get Scott Disick to like, just, I don't even know just get out like get over it get out of here he's never gonna get out of there though he has four kids with her three kids three. with her yeah sorry i was thinking kim for no and it's not like they, they yeah. have a fine friendship now at this point but i just like yeah he's just yeah oh my god get out of here with your 20 year old girlfriends and they yeah. like me because i'm so young looking it's funny because i speaking of i just watched the first half of the reunion where with the Kardashians that Andy Cohen hosted. So it's all before Scott Disick comes on. The second half is when he joins. Okay. And I'm like intrigued to see 
how he and Courtney respond to the questions when Andy asks about why they didn't work and why. Yeah, because they're never on the same page and it's fascinating yeah. when he has this like delusion that he still has not done anything wrong and he always was obsessed with her and it was always her decision to keep him at arm's length when it was like, yeah, because you like, do you not see the footage that we have of you like yeah. physically abusing random people because you're the Lord Disick and, and you, you have all this money and you're drugs, drunk? Drugs and alcohol and you had yeah. a serious substance abuse problem. Yeah, I mean, it'll be interesting to see how that shakes out on it. Um, yeah, because if they weren't together when she wanted to have kids, then he would not be in the picture at all. He was literally the sperm donor and he yeah. jokes about it and then he like. But it's what happened. That's why they never got married. Like, he was just like, all right, at this point, I might as well, if I'm going to have kids, I might as well use the same guy for all three, which honestly, I think is what Chloe was going to do. Yes, it was. Even though Tristan was terrible, but then Tristan continues to just be the idiot that he is and get caught, um, which is why supposedly they're no longer together anymore. But we're already spending too much time on the Kardashians. Yeah. Um. I guess we should go to the main story of the week. I mean, headlines, headlines, headlines. You have to have been under a rock to not know that this happened this week. Britney Spears spoke on her conservatorship this week. She did a 23-minute testimony, which I not only read, but actually listened to the leaked audio of. And I'm glad I did listen to the audio because it definitely... Just expressed even more why this is just the worst thing to happen. And the fact that it's lasted this long and that she hasn't been able to get out of it to me is just even more confusing because basically Brittany confirms that it's an abusive situation. She confirms that her dad liked to be in control and liked to see her cry and that she wants to sue her whole family and that she ha- currently has an IUD and they won't let her take it out. And she wants to have a child with her now boyfriend. She wants to even be able to drive in a car with him. And she's not able to do that. Um, but they also are in Hawaii. So I was, I was trying to understand that because too. I thought she wasn't allowed to ch- travel. And she hadn't been traveling for that. And then I was like, I mean, she should be able to go to Hawaii, of course. Well, maybe this is her first being of, like, saying, F this. I don't care what you tell me. I can and cannot do. Like, I'm tired of being put, told I can't do things or I need to meet with this person or that person. I'm just living my life. And then seeing what the consequences will be. Because I know at one point she also talks about how she's frustrated that someone like Miley Cyrus, who's smoking a join on stage doesn't get repercussions and yet here she is following every rule doing everything she needs I know to but do. those are two we can't I that was bad for her to kind of throw I know, Miley because it's I not like Miley has a conservative it. ship or whatever and it's like well just saying that kids these days now aren't held responsible to things as much as back in the 90s which the documentary explains like the stuff Britney dealt with she dealt with and now many celebrities don't have to deal with yes there are other issues with social media but a lot of the questions she was asked and the situation she was put in they do not do anymore with celebrity because because of what was going on with her they ended up like passing laws with the paparazzi and stuff like that that they can't do that so and then she ended up on the conservatorship because of this behavior in reaction to the feelings of being completely under a microscope but also 
but then there's also different levels too because then there was clearly like sh- there was a crisis in her life that she definitely right. needed help for that probably required a conservatorship about six months to a right. year right certainly not 13 years yeah where she had a nervous breakdown that she could not that she that was a result of everything that was going on around her being followed all the pressure under being told she has to do this this and this or you can't do this this and that so get up on stage and dance Brittany dance and dealing with her husband getting divorced from what's his face um at the time yeah there's some there's Kevin still Fenderline. yeah there's she still a lot of cloudiness lose, yeah i would like to lose the kids there was but a then lot she of did lose the kids yeah no did she lose the kids because jamie put her on lithium and she was highly over medicated and she wasn't able to care for them did they, yeah, they, she talked about that too she they're also but she also very terrifyingly drove with one of the children on her lap on a highway with no seatbelt yeah no i mean listen was britney 100 percent able to function on her own her whole life no but does britney deserve what she's dealing with right now certainly not and i think the fact that she was saying at the end you know these people need to realize i'm paying them like i'm the one that was nice she goes you're there they're working for they're, me yeah like she's the hbic she's the one that's made all the money that they're all trying to feed off of including her dad including what i really am starting to believe is also her mom and her sister i do yes. not feel like her sister turned off her ig comments as well i know i saw that and there's also some shadiness about the fact that we had reported earlier this year or last year about jamie lynn becoming the trustee of the um trust that goes for the kids and there's some shadiness about people who are involved in that trustee as well. And they're just saying they're moving money around and it's really not saving or doing anything for Britney at the end of the day. And they're not spending the money either. They're like hoarding the money in offshore, offshore accounts of like what he stifled, like what, $60 million they're estimating. But yet he's saying in, during this conservator hearing that he's living in his trailer and he's moved back to Kentucky Right. But it's like, where's all the fucking money? Like, and they were also telling her during COVID, she wasn't able to go like to, to like get her nails done or to have a massage or to have anything that would like make her feel better. Meanwhile, her mom went to like get stuff done twice or sisters taking care of it's ve- everything about this is very shady. And what people are saying that ever since Brittany came out with this on Wednesday, that it has opened up conversations about conservatorships, not only hers, but the state of California. And they're saying that if this is happening to Brittany, imagine what it's happening with other people who have less of a platform. They are obviously not making as much as Brittany, but are in situations where there's a greedy person in their life, similar to when you watch um, that movie. Uh, now you see me. Now you see me. Is that what it with Peter Dinklage and Yeah, yeah. Like basically yeah. how in the US anyone who knows how to work the system can find someone make who has money and take advantage of them and it's so quick for them to then become that that person. It's very a, yeah, it's dumb. very easy for you to falsify that yeah. this other person is unable to, to care, care for them. themselves and then yeah. you can take over without 
having a legality in place of like your relationship to this person or Without the person ever being in court. I mean, yeah. yeah, there's a lot of stuff that between that and this story, like between that movie and this story is like, wow, okay, you really need to make sure you have a good team, whether it's one lawyer for us when we get old, helping us with our will. Or it's bringing with thousands of people trying to help her from a breakdown. Yeah. Yeah. Clearly, she did not have the right people to help her. And that's unfortunate considering that a lot of those were her family who should have the right um, in mind. Yeah. And I'm also seeing articles come up about now people going after Britney's lawyer to be like, what the fuck have you been doing this whole time? And how negligent are you? And, like, whose side are you really on in this situation where you're just getting paid, like, by Jamie to be her lawyer? So you're also just, you know, reaping the benefits of this benefactory situation. Yep. And um, the only other things that I have is, like, is, and I think, I think probably what would end up, I would learn was, like, that this was the first opportunity that the court gave her to speak, like, is what I'm assuming is happening. Because it is very sad that she also has said for years I've been lying to everyone and the fans saying I'm okay and I'm not. So, so then it's like, okay, well, were there earlier moments where you did have the opportunity to step in and you chose like, this is just too big of an issue for me. And I just, I'll just keep doing what this is doing. Cause I still can see my kids. And if I do this and maybe my kids will get taken, like maybe if I fight this with my dad, I'll actually lose custody. So to stay safe, I'll just go along with this plan. And now I'm finally like sick and tired of this because what was very, very happy, like a happy result of this for me, I'm, at least I'm, I'm, like uh, an opinion wise, is that it showed how lucid she really is. Before you can physically tell that she's not okay. Right. And like clearly she shouldn't, like she does need very significant assistance. Did we ever like, see her say more than a sentence or two? Well, um, she would go on these videos and be like, I'm, I'm fine, guys. Everything is cool. And everyone's well, besides, like, well, yeah, you're saying fine. Yeah. But honestly, she could have two to three years ago been like, I'm not fine with any of this. And well, so it, my, like, I'm just curious as to how that legal situation happens with the court. Because I would assume there has to be, it, it took too long for her to be able to be like, if I'm the conservator, if I'm the recipient of this conservator, I should have a say. And the court was probably like, that's not how this works. My honest, my honest thought to to that, because I thought about this too, is okay. First of all, we're dealing with someone who's not educated. She did not graduate college. I don't even think. I don't. I don't even think she. Oh, dude, high school. I would assume she has probably a, a ninth grade education. Right. So we're already dealing with someone who doesn't like have the best educational background. But then to talk, but hopefully like, she picked up on a lot of information while sitting in on these meetings, right. and she's absorbent of the information. But maybe she's not. So I would like to give it, her. The benefit of the day. Maybe. Yay. Yeah. yeah. Right. But like that's what in my mind we're starting with. And then you have someone who had a mental breakdown. So they already were in a very like feeble, vulnerable, spot, vulnerable spot when when lawyers and doctors and therapists came involved. So I think she got brainwashed a lot. And overly medicated. And so overly then that wipes medicated. your brain. I mean, just think a search party when they did like that brainwashing and she had, doesn't even remember her previous life. Like I think there was some of that. And also, yeah, she kept saying to the judge, I didn't know I could do this. I knew, never knew I could do this. I honestly feel like her lawyers were, tell, were not in having her best interest. We're not telling her 
what she can and cannot do because they were getting a paycheck from Jamie. And I agree. Like, I think if she had the right people in place, to your point, there would have been a conservatorship, but I do not think it would have been for more than a couple of years. But we're just hoping, I mean, what what also is kind of frustrating, but also another advantage to seeing this was the amount of support received what everybody immediately was just like free Britney, free Britney. So this is hopefully going in the direction that will help her. And that's really exciting to see because maybe we will get some old Britney back. I mean, hearing her talk about her days when she was working and she's like, you know, and they, you can see videos of it like back when she was saying, I wasn't good. I was great. And she was great. She was like, I never liked her in terms of the singing because as a Christina fan, I was like, she doesn't have the talent of this. No, we all know that she hit those spots. She was an entertainer. Yes. She knew how to put on a performance up until that, you know, horrific one we saw on MTV when she came back too soon. And that's Um, when that was the beginning of the end. That's the time period that she did need the help. And I think also a time period. Yeah. There was just too many awful people that got into her life. And like the Sam, no, her current boyfriend, Sam, that we love, but isn't the other one, another another Sam, Sam. he was like Indian descent. And there was also the Middle Eastern, like, like, Iranian. There was also that Larry Rudolph person who we never see in the dock, but yet we know was very much involved. And I feel like he paid people to not be involved in the dock, to not be brought up. And I think he was probably he was her manager in cahoots with Jamie from day one, if I had to guess. Yeah, he was her manager for like most of her. And then when everything started to get, or he got muscled out by Jamie because he we haven't heard from him and Jamie if like I what he might have been the only person that like questioned it and Jamie was like get the hell out of here what I've read is that he is not a good person and I'm that not surprised that he has paid people off so that he has not been part of this conversation which makes me feel like he is definitely involved and we just haven't gotten into that like he's like yet. the root of all of her yeah we'll trauma. get there at some point and it might not be until she's 65 years old but mark my words larry rudolph has some involvement in this but um i smiled when you said you know a lot of support has come out since the only thing i did want to highlight because we know how angry i am about this man these days is justin timberlake within an hour and a half of the testimony coming out posted a bunch of tweets about Brittany and him saying Jess and I, meaning him, Jessica Biel, his wife, you know, are deeply upset about this. Okay. No, no one deserves to be through this. Okay. Blah, 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 blah. And I'm just like, my response to that was this man took 20 years to apologize to what he did to her career and the involvement he had in destroying her career. And then took an hour and a half to gain clout on her testimony bringing up his current wife like fuck you who has nothing to do with the situation when actually the right thing to do justin is it's- to fucking call britney and go do you want to go to lunch and talk about this or how can i help you and i'm sorry and- i have a good lawyer let me get you in touch with my good lawyer yeah so he can disappear as for all i care to be honest like that was the nail in the coffin for me get out of here bro get out of here whatever so 
And he also posted, like, how great his Father's Day was. Yeah, F you, bro. Like, no one wants to know. We all know you had that kid to make up for the fact that you cheated on Jessica. Like, no one cares. Anyway. <laughs> oh, ja- oh, she- oh, there was another. Oh, it was the current boyfriend, if anybody doesn't know, is getting some really good acting roles lately. And he's good. He's really amusing. Yeah, what I find very it's interesting- cute as hell. Yeah, he's very attractive. Um, he, he. What I find interesting is the two roles he's had, which are pretty prominent. One was on Hacks, and one was on um, uh, Black Monday. Black Monday. He plays a gay guy. On Hacks. Yep, he plays a gay guy on both. So that's just on I Black find- Monday. He's supposed to be, but he's fucking Casey Wilson. Oh, I forgot about that with Casey Wilson. Yeah, that's guess- who he. He's Casey well, Wilson. Well, you're not. You're also not as far as I am in Black Monday, but he like makes out with a dude at one point too in Black Monday. So I forgot about that other scene. Oh well, so. his character is supposed to be Casey Wilson's lover. Yeah, yeah. Um, I guess they're all kind of lovers in that. That makes a lot of sense. I mean, they're all poked out. (laughs) Yeah, no, it's very much reminiscent of the 80s fashion, New York City, all that. So it's just like, I forgot that like the opening scene is them having sex, which is an incredible scene. But yeah, I forgot. I'm thinking because his role is much bigger in Hacks because he has like a lot of speaking parts. Oh, good. We don't see it as much speaking in black monday yeah but is he is he good at the delivery are you enjoying yeah no and i i forgot for a second when i watched it that it was him and then it was only after seeing him in black monday and i was like oh yeah that is britney's boyfriend and then because we were obsessed with casey wilson obviously and casey wilson was obsessed with the fact that they got britney spears's boyfriend to be her lover on the show and she's like and she's so she's talking about how she tried to like be cool about getting information or she's like i guess we're all supposed to pretend that we don't know you're in a relationship with britney spears and we're gonna do this but they would have like um pre like you know pre-meetings and stuff like that where casey was like oh my god he's gonna call in from britney's house like maybe britney would be walking around in the background in the kitchen or whatever he had the respect that's why i love this guy he would go into his car and have meetings from his car because he knows what people are looking for any little bit of information that they can get on him and Brittany or their relationship. And he seems to be very protective and pretty dang healthy. Cause I really was thinking like, you know, she can do whatever she wants. I think she's not really mentally capa- like has the mental I capacity. Was, I thought he was getting paid by Jamie to be yeah. like watching him, watching her. And maybe initially he was, and then he fell in love with her. That could be, I never thought Jamie was involved with movie. it. I just always <laughs> kind of thought it was like, this is the situation. It's more of a contract. Like, I want you around. Like, if you want to live here for free and you get to be my boyfriend and, like, this is what I get three times a week. <laughs> like, well, that's what I felt like it started as. And yeah. I maybe, wasn't thinking, like, there was a he, Jamie involvement, but more of a... she is his beard. Who knows? But as long as they're happy together, who cares? Yeah. I, I'm just also very happy that... the way that he's going about getting work because they've now been in a relationship for a much significant amount like a a pretty significant amount of time yeah yeah that now the fact that he's he's getting work people aren't hiring him because he's britney's boyfriend he's actually getting good parts on very good shows 
on his own. Yeah. Obviously the exposure always helps, but yeah, but it's not like he's terrible and everyone's like, Oh, you can tell that he's just milking off of her. Yeah. And trying to get jobs. Yeah. No, I don't feel that way either. So, and then knowing yeah, Casey's story that he's not talking about her on set. He doesn't, he's all, yeah. yeah, All business. Unless, okay. Unless it's a Kardashian scenario and he signed an NDA and he was told not to film in the house and you know like that would be where Jamie I have to comes come in. in with a more cynical view having a been obsessed with reality tv and understand how the sausage is made and b I trust no one so I want to believe what you're saying and that'll is what I'm going with but as my, in the back of my mind there's a part of me that's like let's see how this all plays out yeah we will and time will tell yeah but he it sounds more like he is staying with her because he wants to and he's had to deal with all of this bullshit with the conservatorship too yeah and he's been nothing but supportive towards her and it's really it's and i would assume yeah you're right that's a good point like i would assume jamie probably made him sign an nda to do all these things and but then that means like he could up and bounce you know he could be like i'm not gonna deal with any of this bullshit yeah i'm not saying he's a bad person i'm just saying he started off as a trainer. I wouldn't be surprised if he was first her trainer and then. Oh, well, that's the w- ancient. I mean, that's... The, no, and as a trainer was like paid to watch her and then they like, you know, all that jazz. But anyway. Yeah, but tra- move on. to be a trainer in L.A. is and for that to have a romance also start that the way. Trainer or the nanny. That's how it usually is. It's, yeah. the, it's the tale as old as time. Like that's how love begins in L.A. Yeah. Yeah. If you're a trainer and you're if you're a divorcee and you're hanging out with that trainer or that pool boy, and then for yep. the dudes, it's the it's nanny. The nanny. <laughs> yep. So oh, man. anyway, um, shall we move on to your funeral? <laughs> yeah. Oh man. All right. Well, my one of my favorite people in the entire world said goodbye to late night. If you don't know anything about me you should know that i'm obsessed with late night television uh, specific you know sketch comedy as well as all talk shows very specifically you know late night talk shows uh, here and abroad i watch uh, you know 20 of them all together probably <laughs> like any kind of version of it i can get and i started thinking about it this week too and i started to come, become a little bit disturbed by my own obsession with watching these interviews because i think i like them because it's as if i'm watching like, because I don't have a lot of conversations, like, with friends that I see anymore, I'm like, oh, I like these because I'm, like, witnessing a conversation. Well, it is. I mean, you definitely create a relationship when, especially with the actual person who has the show, because you learn their mannerisms and how they speak and what they're up to and their family. So I can connect with that 100%. And yeah. then when there's a good guess where they are close friends or they have a good vibe yeah it's like you're in on a conversation I agree with that yeah I was just also concerned about my own like mental health of being like oh I enjoy these because I'm observing friendships (laughs) it's because I feel that I'm right there with you so we'll be at the loony bin together yeah um but the person is (laughs) Conan O'Brien has uh ended his TBS show which is the uh let's see the third four yeah third iteration of his show so he started uh you know when letterman had the slot after carson said no to him and carson went with leno then we got letterman the late show the 
it was at the late uh, bu- 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 yeah late night with and then um on- lauren michael yeah sorry i was just gonna say on cbs yeah uh well no late night with conan o'brien like that was um it was on nbc letterman and then letterman left nbc to go to cbs oh right okay and that's, that's what, what like created this moment for conan uh, and Lauren, he was a writer on SNL, and Lauren suggested him. Yeah, yeah. But the reason he was, yeah, was because he was working with Lauren, and Lauren was just like, "Yeah, put this guy on." And the NBC executives were like, "Okay." And when you go back and that, you can watch his first show on YouTube in 1993, and he's so physically nervous. And he looks very much like he's doing an impression of Dave Letterman. And it's very, very, like, interesting to go back and watch. And he's just such a little baby. Um, but that's, you know, that's how he started on the show. Yeah, he was a writer. He had done some improv with the Groundlings, but he didn't really like improv because he would get so annoyed with working with other people like, in the scenes. Uh, and so, like, just out of obscurity, kind of plucked. And then he did Late Night on NBC from 93 to 2009. And I probably started watching around nine little glimpses around probably 98, 99 when I really started to like make sure I was trying to stay up or I figured out how to tape stuff and things like that. Uh, And then I just became obsessed with it. Michelle met me in college when that was definitely a massive part of my life. And I brought my giant TV to my dorm so I could like make sure that I watched it. Um, And now I remember you and Conan were synonymous. Yeah, and because he went to Brookline High, and my right. mom was working at Brookline High, and he would come back and do some talks, and I got to go and meet him and, like, go pretend I was a Brookline High kid and got, like, snuck into the auditorium so I could watch. And then he spoke at the graduation, and um, I was just, like, yeah, obsessive. Uh, and then everybody knows the late-night shakeups where he, you know, Leno announced his retirement. Conan was going to replace him six months after Leno retired. Conan's ratings weren't great and so NBC just said like fuck it we're gonna fire you and we're gonna bring back Leno and it was a 60 million dollar mistake by NBC and and that's when Conan went over to uh, TBS in 2010 and after 11 years he's now walking around from TBS but here's also the other thing is that next year he, he's already signed a deal with HBO Max. He's going to do a weekly variety show, and that's going to start gonna airing next say, year. I could see him doing something weekly on Netflix or HBO. So, yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. I think he's going to kind of do more of, like, that vaudevillian, like, the yeah, stuff we're going to see what it like. Yeah, I mean, the stuff that made him probably who he was on when he was in his first iteration, where he could really do whatever. I would love that. Yeah, because there's just so many weird things. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, everybody talks about the masturbating bear, but like in the year 2000, I was a personal fan and I couldn't even tell you why of Frankenstein wastes a minute of your time where literally a guy dressed up as Frankenstein would like take you around the studio and show you like a fire extinguisher. Yeah, they would have crazy, crazy bits. And Conan's remotes are amazing. Uh, I always go back and watch them on YouTube. There's one, the I think one that has like 60 million views is when he does student driving with his employee and they pick up Kevin Hart and Ice Cube and they get high in her car and like at Popeye's and stuff. That's amazing. It's so good. Um, and, uh, but yeah, I, uh, he, so yeah, he ended the show, but he also has his, uh, 
Brian Needs a Friend that he's been doing for three years. That's very good. And I think he got just like much more comfortable and all the independence that the podcasts are allowing comedians to have is really attracting the talent to go to there and they don't have to be scrutinized and they don't have to deal with ratings and all that bullshit. And so it's, you know, we work, I would love, I mean, we'll see if we can ever like get a book together or something, but like, this is something that you and I would be like, let's study the trends of, Oh yeah. Yeah. Like podcasting and the movement of comedy of how it went over there. So Conan's not going anywhere, but I'm just. Oh, and yeah, I would. It's end of an era. I would recommend checking out his shows if you don't have TV. Like I only stream stuff, so what I do is I pretty much watch all of his stuff the next day on YouTube because they're putting up the full interviews from the last few weeks of the show, and they're really great. They're about twenty minute interviews, and it's his like favorite guests for the most part, or like people friends of the show and stuff like that. And yeah, so many comedians were like friends of the show became. <laughs> And so became, many were first-time appearances. Yeah. All the comedians I follow this week were honoring him and saying, you know, Team Coco, if it wasn't for this show, I would have never had my big break or, you know, attributing to Conan, who really has done so much for comedy. So, And I think that's also part that he talks about this a lot on his podcast, that this is what he is also wanting to go towards more of, like, not him specifically mentoring, but he likes to be able to provide that platform for new people that he believes in and he yeah. brings it along with them. And That's honestly what the greats should be doing once they have the platform they have. It's the only way to continue to bring in... Pay it forward. New, yeah, and to bring in new talent that wouldn't necessarily get that mainstream, um, you know, yeah. exposure. So I'm here for it. Or not that anybody would post something about somebody's goodbye and then be like, this guy is a piece of shit. But literally everybody was just like, yeah, no this one has the greatest experience. Yeah. And that speaks volumes, especially in Hollywood. So, um, no, and I, my biggest res- like, uh, aha moment from all that was I remember like when, as a result, Jimmy get, got that job and him saying, like, I'm not moving to California. Because that was the thing. He uprooted, moved to California. Yep. And got fucked after six months. And it was like, I remember when mm-hmm. when Jimmy took the role, he was like, it's, if I'm taking it, it's in New York. And you're giving me more than six months before you need to make a decision. Because everyone was like, how could you do that to someone? Especially who had already been with the with the network for so long and had so many like powerful roles within the network. It was like such a F you. Yeah. They gave him no time. They also wanted him to, you know, be something that he, he wasn't. wasn't yeah. Be. And it's like, you, you knew what you were hiring. And you've seen this man for the last X amount of years doing yeah. the show, not to mention who he was on SNL as a writer. So it's like, none of this should have been a surprise. Yeah. And they acknowledged that, and he had to stop doing a lot of that. Like he knew the masturbating bear wasn't going to go on. To, he knew S and M Lincoln time, yeah, yeah. wasn't going to be able to go on to the Tonight Show. He knew he had to kind of PG his Limit stuff something. down. Yeah, but they gave up on him immediately. Yeah, six months is nothing to give someone. And they just kind of started to panic, and it was just like, dude. But you got rid of Leno because you realize that your audience for that is aging out. Oh, yeah. Like, I mean, everyone knew how phony Leno was. And, like, he, you know, anyway. I, I feel like we should move on because we're running out of time. Um, I guess should we move on to then what, what else we're watching? I know that's a big thing you were watching. But 
I would say a combination of what I'm watching slash what Casey and I both have been watching. But this week also, or I think it was this week, um, the Hustler and the Housewife documentary came out, which um, was an ABC News special that then aired on Hulu about Erica Girardi and Tom Girardi um, from Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Obviously, we've talked a lot about the stories to come out since she filed for divorce. Um, and this documentary is all about basically Tom Girardi as a lawyer and basically find out he was never a good guy, despite the fact that he was fighting for the small guy and situations like Aaron, Brock. you know, we've talked yeah, about his he's a lawyer. Yeah, from, exactly. His reputation is he's the lawyer for, he's a trial Aaron lawyer Brockovich. with, with mass lawsuits for people, for victims. And yeah, Aaron Brockovich was a big one but he was pretty successful prior to that I would say that put him on the map and then yes there were stories a lot of stories out of P&G like as a result and actually the documentary has some victims and former clients of his who talk about their experience with him and talk about how much of a mastermind he was and he was basically telling him telling their his clients he's doing everything he can to get their money and is all all at the same time spending the money frivolously, which we then see on Real Housewives. And the big question after watching that documentary people were having is how much did Erica know? How much was she involved in? There's no possible way she could have not known. And, and for most of the documentary, it's still unclear how much she would know. Because at the end of the day, yes, keep in mind, she's 30-something years younger than him. He was how much do you really know about your spouse's work life? How do you know about your spouse's work life, especially when they've already been so established before you met them versus like, you know, growing and growing with them into their yeah. career. Um, she didn't help him build the business. The power dynamic and all of that. But at the very end of the documentary, you see that not only um, was she, you know, clearly benefiting from the money that he was bringing in, but she was also the secretary on many of his businesses. So my whole thought process is, okay, even if you can say I'm playing dumb, I don't understand what my husband does, or I don't pay attention to what he does. You have to be your, your own lawyer and your own accountant have to be aware of like you're doing. So you have to be somewhat aware if your name is on all these documents and you have to sign them of what you're signing. So for me, there it's very far-fetched that she had no idea. And now that this week was the first episode of Beverly Hills, where we're hearing from Erica right after she filed for divorce, her quote-unquote side of the story. And I feel like we got a lot of bombshells that were brought out that Casey and I watched yesterday, and we're still trying to put the pieces together. Yeah, I'll take a, I'll take a step back to do a little bit of a big picture. Erica Girardi on The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills has a very intense relationship. She came on very strong as a big, big favorite immediately, which is kind of hard to do. Yeah. She has intense, fun style. She's also a pop artist pushing the age of 50 now, but looks amazing, kicks ass in these pop shows. She's chasing her dream of becoming this like pop person and she's doing well and she has her makeup, her hair, her style. Yeah, yeah, she's the first one to bring Glam Squad to the Housewives. Like, she traveled 
with a group of people who put her outfits together, did her makeup. She never was anywhere on a trip without them. And that required everyone else to up their games in general of Beverly Hills. Yeah. And even later, the other housewives. But even like take all that away, her personality and the um, the person that she is projecting herself to be and the reputation she has created for herself is no nonsense, no bullshit. Uh, what you see is what you get. She is very reserved and yeah. calculated and quiet about her feelings, but she's like there for you and she's not a morally corrupt person who she is didn't stealing. didn't seem like it at least. And, well, and all everything that she's been saying. So, like, all you know, if anybody else was doing fucked up stuff on the show, she's the first to call them out. And she's also the one that they are like most scared of to have to be called out by because it. She's seems like she's really no nonsense. And then we're coming to learn that she most likely, like Michelle was saying, like, like I also she wouldn't have like a separate lawyer if she was smart she would but if you were married to somebody else wouldn't you guys have the same like legal team that he probably had hired years from before his, she came on from his own team because he's a lawyer yeah i mean yeah. that's where we need more details yeah because yeah i mean the thing i forgot to mention is after the documentary that launched that came out came out purposely the week before she on the episode she's gonna tell her story because they wanted to get this ahead, the story ahead of her side. And um, after it launched, after it came out, like two days later, her lawyers dropped her yeah. saying, saying that they were not given all of the information they were worse. Like basically that she breached. She wasn't being honest with them. Client, so they can't yeah. keep her as a client. She breached client, lawyer, like, you know. Confidentiality. Confidentiality. Um, but then like a day later they brought her back they withdrew the initial withdrawal. oh okay so now we have no idea what's going on yeah the legal is the legal so I have team a couple in general of questions. Is, is tbd but um i would just say a lot of that is questionable yeah was she maybe she did rely on her husband to just say i'll take care of it and just sign on the dotted line but now that we're learning more about him in this episode, which maybe we should get to because I know we're running out of time. Um, you know, stop. We're fine, dude. You keep freaking out about well, time. Well, we only have five minutes left. No, we have ten. Well, we usually want to break it before that because it gets cut off. So that's why. But we're, we're fine. Myself. We're still fine. Okay. All the rest of the stuff is a minute segment okay. and also doesn't need to be mentioned if we don't have time. Okay. So don't get nervous. Five minutes is a hundred in okay. in production years. Uh, well, so my fault. My questions are. Is this and this? There's no way that this is the same thing because we know how stupid Teresa is. Teresa from Real Housewives of New Jersey. So when Joe, her ex-husband, tells her to sign something, we know that she's not looking at it, and he set her up to go to prison. In this scenario, from what we know of Erica, we would like to assume that she is not blindly signing things away. And what we're concerned and fear is that she was acknowledged late. That's not the word I'm wording for, but she was Adamantly. actively and knowingly and willingly participating in the siphoning of funds of victims of orphan paint plane crashes of chemicals, yeah. um, uh, when it gets into your systems and then kills like your entire neighborhood chemical, I mean, uh, leaking from power plants or whatever, you know, 
all yeah. the things that he would get the money from so that's where when the, when you watch that you're like oh no and then they use like her llc to also like sign these things off so then you're like that's where you can't argue that she didn't know so that's she knew where the we're... money was coming from somewhere did she know the ends of out of how he was getting it i don't know if that and then okay we can't falter as much especially because she revealed in this episode that she basically i don't know if she flat out says it but from what casey and i I feel like she was well, we were very, picking up from what she was dropping smart. off. She's being very smart with her words, knowing she's, I guess, being filmed. And that, in theory, everything she's saying could be used as testimony against her when the case actually happens. But from what I could understand, she's insinuating that he was emotionally abusive. Very. Mentally abusive. And possibly from the way she left him and she's which the, the little droppings she's giving us that we're picking up, like... We might be hearing the bombshell that he was physically, physically abusive, abusive towards her. And clearly, like, let was, like, having his own life, doing whatever was best for him. Anytime that she would want to talk to him about how he was treating her, it was like, you have it great. Like, what are you talking about? Yeah, he was like, there's no problem in this marriage. If you think the problem is, then, like, that's you. We also because know. Because I'm fine with this marriage. And she was like, okay. And she also felt like she, to a certain point, had to sit there and shut up and she should be grateful because she was taken in as a young mother and given this life and was able to now have this career on the side and everything yeah but the other thing we know is that he was clearly also cheating on her whether there was an open relationship and she was also cheating on him we don't know but we saw those photos and she posted them last year about him having that relationship with the other um, lawyer or DA, I forgot, but the other woman. Yeah. And the other thing that's interesting is that he's now in his defense saying that, he, that his lawyer and brother, who's coincidentally has a conservatorship over him, is claiming that he has Alzheimer's. Yeah. But just six months ago, his former colleagues were like, he was fine. So is this just him? trying to weasel his way out from having to really testify because they can just say that was a man who was losing his brain and we don't know he didn't know right from wrong or what he was doing and that but you know they have to do cognitive testing in order to determine that and they will have to do that for him and so that's what will be determined you can unless you pay unless again state of california this man has had the police on his side you also find in the doc in the documentary that the bar was aware of this stuff and they pushed it to the side. And so now the bars had a statement at the end of the doc saying that they were are aware that some of this was happening for the last 40 years, which was pre her. So like, and that they turned a blind eye and they need to look as to why that happened. Yeah. So there's a lot of cover up. That's on the bar of the state of California. So that's what I'm saying. Like, clearly he had everyone doing things for him. No one was questioning this. So not to say that he's blameless, but there were a lot of other people who could have done something and didn't because he was such a powerful man. And I don't know if he still is going to have that with whoever these um, psychologists that come in and deem him being having dementia or having Alzheimer's. Yeah. I mean, they wouldn't be a psychologist or medical physician that have to determine, you know, he's got to do CAT scans. He, there's brain stuff that happens when you have Alzheimer's that comes up on testing, you know? 
Yeah, but just the same conversation we had earlier today about how easy it is to prove to say someone's incapacitated and take over their life. Like the same could yeah. be said about how easy it is for him to sit claim it's um, also Alzheimer's, and then it really is just the equivalent of pleading insanity. Are you really insane? You know what yeah, I mean? But you know that if he has, if he's then going to get arrested and stand trial and go through this, he's going to have to take, undergo the cognitive testing to determine if he can stand trial for his own crime. But he's also a psychopath. So maybe he, kn- he'll be able to pass those tests. No, you can't. No, I'm saying there's physical, you need, there's okay. physical evidence showing you if you have Alzheimer's or not and, and yeah. the, and the rate of deterioration. Got it. Got it. Yeah, so it wouldn't be, you can't fake those tests. But he also could deteriorate that quickly. You know, he is of the age where rapid onset Alzheimer's could be very, very quick. And that's what my fear will be as the excuse as to why he doesn't get. He'll probably die. Held accountable for anything. And the other thing that's come out at the end of the documentary is whatever we still don't know about erica and her involvement but she hasn't been doing a great job making her seem like a ball right now because ever since everything happened she's been posting thirst traps left and right and most recently she has put in a file with the court that she should be getting paid way before the victims and all these other people which i get it you had a certain lifestyle and now you don't but like also let's think about what's happened as a result and all these horrible horrible situations where people were promised millions of millions of dollars to take care of their health and don't and maybe you shouldn't be trying to be the first one at the totem pole to get the money for your house and your birkin bag bag yeah i would be interested in that legality because i feel like at that she actually should be the first one to get paid because that's a that's a between them fund versus her his law firm having to get involved to pay those victims yeah but that's but the problem was he put all the money from the like that was the thing he would take the money from them put it in a trust which was her llc telling people it was going to make money yeah like, let me put this in an investment, it'll make money. So instead of making the 10 million in your settlement, you'll make 20 million because over time it'll make it'll double in value. That's what he was telling people, but not telling him what the business was. It was just to fit the bill for her. So and there you have it. It all full circle because everybody was wondering how is she paying for the Slam Squad? And we, we all, all watched were... it. We were watching yep. it get that Slam Squad get paid by these innocent victims who deserve the money themselves and it's heartbreaking it is yeah so so we'll end uh, that yeah Uh, we'll Um, just keep watching i mean we've got more excuse me we got more real housewives of beverly hills to watch and we'll see what else she says and thankfully the reunion has still not been filmed so what will we get out of that i'll be shocked if she goes to reunion but yeah she does yeah hopefully she does all right. I want to know it all. On that note, see you next time. Bye.